Simple Life Together, Episode 36, Busy is the New, I'm Fine, and Back to School Simplified. Hi, and welcome to Simple Life Together, a podcast dedicated to leading a simpler life in the modern world. I'm Dan Hayes. And I'm Vanessa Hayes. We are back. Yes, we are. Yes, we took about, uh, well, we've really been on the road, when you think about it, about a month. Yeah. We left home on the 4th of July for the World Domination Summit. Mm -hmm. We were home for a couple of days. Like two or three, and that was it. And that was it. And then boom, back on on the road. So, boom goes the dynamite. Back on the road. (laughs) Right. Right? (laughs) That was awesome. We had a great, great, great trip. It was nice. But um, I think we are ready to get back to the groove of things. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Well, anyway, on the last episode of the show, we talked about living in 50 square feet and our simplified vacation. So, that was pretty cool. We were kind of braggy about... um, this new camper that we absolutely love. And so hopefully we didn't bore too many of you guys, but it was awesome. No, it was, it was awesome. It's We're awesome. not going to rub that in, but it was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so cool. Anywho's on today's show, Dan is going to talk about how it seems that busyness has invaded our society. And I'm going to talk about that crazy time of year again. No, not the holidays, but the back to school season here in the U.S. Even if it's not back to school season where you are, I'll be covering some tips you can use anytime. So stick around. And I'm also going to talk about simplifying the back-to-school transition for you and your family. All right. So we're going to kind of break the mold today. We're going to hit some feedback that we, um, I guess, we just haven't been able to put that in the last couple of shows, right? Mm-hmm. So we'll, uh, we're going to knock out a few right here. Yeah, our so, internet was really sketchy, so we were getting stuff at weird time. times. Yeah. And it was just, it was odd. So thanks we, for your patience. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, we would have been better off using just homing pigeons. Hey, post this to WordPress for <laughs> us, you know. So anyway... On iTunes, Donahan writes, fantastic, really great tips, and very entertaining. A joy to listen to. Well, thank you very much for that one. Uh, cool. And also, uh, Coleman24 wrote, great podcast, learning so much through episode 20 now. Love how you recap previous show. Helps me remember shows I've heard. Tech ideas are very clear and thorough. Just started trying out Evernote and love it. Oh, yeah. That's cool. I'm all about the Evernote. (laughs) And the Lewis clan left us a very nice comment on the show notes of episode 34 that you could check out at simplelifetogether.com slash 034. They're looking for some tips on meal planning and ideas for keeping the kids on track at home with routines. Oh, really? Great. I'll be sharing some tips today that are just what they're looking for. I so. know you That's will. Cool. I know you will. I, I'm going to start it out today, if you don't, you don't mind. I don't mind at all. Go all for right. it. Age before beauty today. Mm. So um, this is something that's been kind of on my mind for a little while. So what's your default response when someone asks you, how's it going? Good. That's, that's good. That's the kind of response it should be. All right. I'm, everything's awesome. The world is amazing and I'm part of it, you know. But what I've been noticing <laughs> is that more and more when you greet someone with, so how are things or how are you doing? The most common response that I get back is busy. Oh, I even yeah, found yeah. myself guilty of it from time to time. So how are things? Oh, busy, man, busy. You know, it happens all the time. Yeah. And I'm not sure if people really are that busy or just think they're supposed to be that busy or they just perceive themselves as being that busy. And honestly, I'm not sure what my reaction is supposed to be. Am I supposed to be impressed? Am I supposed (laughs) to feel sorry for them or ask them why they're so busy? Or should I, am I supposed to say like, well, yeah, I'm busy too, you know, even if I'm not. And, um, (laughs) I'm just, I really, I'm just not sure. Yeah. So I stinks to be you. Yeah. Sorry, dude. I'm doing good. Yeah. Sorry, yeah I'm doing you. great. <laughs> I'm not busy at all, you know, on purpose. So I do know that I just, I just don't ever want to be busy 
that busy again on a regular basis. You know, I've been there, and I, like I said, I've even found myself doing it. Oh, well, man, how's it going? Yeah. Man? Oh, I'm busy. Well, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, you just, it's, you're right. There seems like folks are, it's the, the response is, oh, I'm great. You know, a lot of times now it's, oh, man, I'm so busy. Oh, and it's like they're just so tired and exhausted. It's crazy. I know. I know, and everybody has their periods of being busy. There's just no doubt about it. We have temporary periods of being crazy busy. Yes. And, you know, any of our regular listeners know that we just came back from the vacation, as we said, and, and candidly, we probably packed way too much into that schedule. It was just too tight. Mm-hmm. You know, we had to fit in visiting with family and friends. You know, we've been dying to see them all, and we're not getting enough time with any of them. Uh, we had to fit in eating at all our favorite local buffalo spots, right? <laughs> right? But there weren't enough meals to fit it all. You know, you can't have, you can't go out every time for your for your favorite meal. No, you know, we just uh, it would have been too much. That's why we did that food crawl. But <laughs> we were busy, but we still had a good time. Yeah. And I think it's pretty common to over obligate when you're vacationing. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, there's lots of people to see, things to do, and sites to visit. And we, I guess, we all kind of tend to pack them in, but. Along the same lines, how many times have you heard or even said it yourself, I need a vacation from my vacation? Oh, yes. I was about to say that. I, I was asked that today. So do you need a vacation from your vacation? Uh-huh. Or do, when you do travel, do you purposely plan in a recovery day or two after you get home? I usually do. I learned my lesson the hard <laughs> way. I went to my first NAPO conference and I was just so wired and, and then I had a client the very next day. I was like, what was I thinking? Yeah. Insane. I won't yeah. do it again. Well, it's just a matter of kind of juggling that schedule around yeah. and planning for things. But as far as the busy response goes, um, you know, really that has nothing to do with vacations. I hear it all the time. And yesterday, what did I do? I went and got a haircut, right? Because I, oh. I did. I was looking like the Bushman. Sasquatch. You know? So, <laughs> Sasquatch. <laughs> but, um, so I sat down and I asked the barber, so how are you? And she replied, oh, busy, busy. She was twice the busy. You know, I got the double busy right, from the barber. And it's like, I was the only one there. It's like, she wasn't that busy, you know? I mean, it's not like I got a lot of hair to cut either. That's hilarious, I know, really? But she's oh, busy, busy. And it was like, okay, you know, I'm hearing crickets, you know? And, uh, and So you're a little skeptical then? I was a little skeptical. Okay. I ain't going to lie to you. I was okay. a little I was like, okay, all right. So, but, and I do understand, especially a lot of my military friends and people who are still working government stuff and, um, you know, there's cutbacks, corporate downsizing. Everybody's been told that they're their job do more with less and some people really and truly are just more busy but i have to admit you know like i was just saying when i hear people use the automatic response to how's it going as busy i'm kind of skeptical and so when i hear it what i wonder is is it really kind of a mini head trip for them are they saying i'm so important people rely on me and i want you to know that because i'm saying i'm busy or is it a defense mechanism for for i'm busy like is that code for like, dude, don't give me anything else to do? Yeah. Right? That's and, smart. Hey, I've used that. I used that back in the day, you know? Speaking is from it, experience. Yeah. Hey. Is it just poor prioritization on their part for things they really need to get done and so they're just busy? Or is it an excuse for not taking action on things that really matter? Mm. You know, so I kind of wonder what the deal is when they're, and I know, I'm, I'm, I'm overthinking this. I always oh, do. No, it's, no, I think. I think those are pretty legitimate, but yeah. I do think that some folks are generally, they fit way too much into their schedule. I think so too. They yeah. over-obligate themselves. Yeah. 
So it's like a self-inflicted wound mm-hmm. in a lot of cases, yeah. Well, I began to wonder if I was like the only one on the earth bothered by this. So what do you Probably, do? Probably, because a lot of items and things in life I know. Just only bothers Dan. I know. Well, I put it into the Google machine, Oh. and I actually found a great article no on, on Lifehacker. Oh, I love Lifehacker. I, I know you do, and because uh, you're on there a lot. Well, so <laughs> anyway, there was um, this lady, Janet Choi, she had an article called How to Escape the Cult of Busy, and I thought that was awesome that's because a cool title. that's a cool title. Yeah. And um, it starts out like this. People who often say they're too busy or crazy busy sound like buzzing busy signals. And when you start sounding like an appliance, <laughs> it makes it hard to connect with you. I love that. <laughs> she is spot on. So I couldn't that agree more. That is so true. It is. You're like, you don't want to, I don't know why you're probably going to get into it, but I'm thinking when someone says that to me, or even when I say it, I, I feel like I'm such a bore. Or when people say, I'm so, so busy. I'm like, okay, we all are. Yeah. I don't, you know, it just sounds like you're kind of, I'm the only one that's this busy and it's kind of like we all are. Yeah. It's like giving them the verbal Heisman. You yeah. Know? It's like, like ugh, you can't even compare it to my yeah. busyness. I'm way busier than you. Exactly. And they just, especially folks that do it all the time. And I'm like, then I do start to think you're not prioritizing then. If you're that busy, you're not taking time for yourself or prioritizing things right. And so. Bingo. Oh. So, well, anyway, she she puts more in that article that, you know, I just don't want to restate her article. She has some oh, great okay. stuff in there. Yeah. But um, I will, of course, link to it in the show notes. So if you're like me and you find yourself kind of falling into the habit of replying busy when someone asks how's it going, I think you should take the time to evaluate whether you're making excuses for something else. If you truly have let yourself become too busy, then find out why. Mm-hmm. All right. And I'm talking to yeah. myself here. And of course, if it applies to anybody else, feel free to use this. But, you know, because being too busy, that's a serious problem. And it's going to stand in the way of what we're trying to do. And that's simplifying our lives. Mm -hmm. So what I use and what you can use, too, is one of my favorite tools for getting to the root of the problem. Ooh, toolkit again? Back into the toolkit. Awesome. And this one is called the five whys. All right. And so using the five whys is easy. You just simply ask why after each. Basically, you, you pretend like you're three. (laughs) <laughs> All right. So <laughs> you just ask why after each reason and continue to ask that for each answer. So I made up this cheesy example and I put the disclaimer up. This is a fictional example. <laughs> if this relates to you in any way, it is merely a coincidence. All right. So that's over. All right. So, awesome. so for example, all right, why am I so busy? The answer is because I go from meeting to meeting during the day and don't have time to do my job. You've said this before, and I know I have too. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the next why. Well, why do you go from meeting to meeting? Well, because for some of them, I'm just expected to be there. Ooh. Right? Well, why are you expected to be there? Well, honestly, I'm not too sure. It doesn't have much to do with my job. (laughs) So the next why. Well, if it doesn't deal with your job... Why haven't you discussed with your Mm -hmm. boss that you may have a better use of your time to not go to the meeting? Mm. Well, the answer is because the guy I replaced used to go too. Well, why did he go to the meetings? Well, he kind of had a personal interest in the program, so he wanted to go to the meetings. So just because he did that doesn't mean that that's part of your job and you should still be going. Mm -hmm. It's that old, remember the adage we talked about about, the... uh, cooking the roast and cutting the ends off the roast, and Grandma did that because the pan was was uh, she, that was the size pan that she had. Right. Kind of the same thing. Right. It's you know it's just passed down, and it's uh, there's no valid reason for him going to the meeting. So in this example, you're going to this particular meeting really out of an institutional habit mm. rather than actually having a stake in the meeting. So it's time to find a way to get uninvited to the meeting and free you up for other things. 
So when I've used the five whys to get to the root cause of why I'm not getting my work done, more often than not, it comes down to one root cause. What's that? Facebook. Oh, All right. Geez. All right. But actually, <laughs> Facebook is just a tool. Really, it's, it comes down to what uh, we've talked about this before, but Stephen Pressfield mm-hmm. calls the resistance. Uh, he brings that up in the book, uh, The War of Art and Do the Work. And I'll yeah. link to both of those in the show notes, too. The resistance is that internal force that allows you to be distracted from what's important. It's following the rabbit down the rabbit hole, or it's that little guy on your shoulder when you're working on something really important, like solving world hunger. That little guy says, you know, you should check Facebook, you know, you know? and that happens. And I follow, okay, I'm going to Facebook, uh-huh. you know, but um, fellow WDS or Adam Baker from uh, com, he's got a great interview with Stephen Pressfield that focuses specifically on the resistance if you want to learn more about it. And of course, I'll link to that in the show notes as well. It's like a 10 minute video just oh, about see. dealing with the resistance. Hmm. So, okay. So back to the five whys. Now, despite the name of the you know, the five whys, you're not limited to five and you don't have to always go five whys deep in order to find your root cause, you know? Okay. How deep do you go? I went five whys deep, you know? (laughs) So five, it's just simply like the typical number of times it takes to get to the root cause. And the other thing about the five whys is it doesn't necessarily solve the problem. It just identifies it. And in my experience, a really good way to solve problems are two, number one, Identify the problem. Number two, determine whether the situation fits in along with your Mm long-term goals. Mm -hmm. Number three, decide and commit to eliminating the problem and what action to take. And number four, take action. So if these four steps sound a lot like the OODA loop, don't say it. (laughs) If they sound a lot like the (gasps) OODA loop we talked about back in episode 16, that's because they're very, very similar. All right? Don't don't sing it. OODA. OODA. Uda, Uda, Uda. Okay. Come on. So, yeah, there we go. The Uda I'm going to hold again. me back on that. I know, because it's your thing. I get such enjoyment out of saying that. I know you do. Cubby hubby. Right. Ooh, Uda, Uda. Okay. <laughs> All right. Usually, we're pretty good with one another in our, in our rapport dealing with each other on the show. You're drawing the line I'm now. I'm drawing the line. Right. <laughs> Sorry. So, but not really. Uh, another great resource for making yourself less busy is this irritating Uda Loop singer. Um, no, I'm just kidding. So... <laughs> Is an article titled The Power of Saying No by some gal named Vanessa Hayes over on the site. Gets oh, she's cool. Yeah, yeah she's, she's not a really good OODA loop singer, but yeah, she is cool. I'll give her that. Yep. I like that article. I got the hots for her. I, there's, I ain't, yeah, I ain't lying about it. I should it. be jealous, huh? Nah. <laughs> See how it works out for you. But in this post, the author, a.k.a. you, yeah. write, uh, saying no can have a profound impact on your life. So saying no can help you free up some of that time that you over-obligate. So doing this allows you to be honest with yourself and with others. So when you say yes to do something or merely agree with what someone said, even when it's contradictory to how you feel, you are in a sense lying to that person and to yourself. So mm-hmm. say no to be honest to yourself. It also helps you keep your priorities in check. All right. So if you, your priority is spending a lot of time with family, then... You need to keep that priority in mind when you obligate your time. Mm -hmm. It also lets people know that you're in charge of your time and nobody else. Mm -hmm. All right. And I'm not going to go through each and every word of this because they can always go to your um, post that gets simplified. And once again, I'll put that in the show notes and they can read the full article. Saying no can also be very empowering 
because you're doing what you want and you're not controlled by somebody else's agendas. Mm -hmm. And it prevents you from having feelings of resentment caused by doing things that you'd rather not do. And it keeps you from doing or saying things that you'll regret. So, you know, that's one of the biggest regrets in life is when, you know, you're sitting on your deathbed having regrets of things that you didn't do with your life. Mm -hmm. It's like the adage that nobody on their deathbed says, you know, with their kids surrounding them as they're dying. Nobody says, geez, I wish I spent more time at work. Yeah. So saying no also helps you avoid needless stress and procrastination. And that's a needless stress and procrastination is caused by that little guy on the shoulder, that resistance that keeps you from doing what's, Mm -hmm. what's important to you and your goals. Saying no helps you earn self-respect and respect from others. You know, people eventually will get to the point that they know where you stand. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we have a a close friend that he doesn't, he doesn't sugarcoat anything. You always know where he stands, you know? know who you're talking about. (laughs) I mean, if if the baby's ugly and you're the dad, he's going to tell you. Your brother from another mother? My brother from another mother, you know. (laughs) So he will tell you if... You know, and I think we all need that Mm -hmm. and and we respect that. And uh, sometimes we should, you know, maybe sugarcoat it a little bit, but but he doesn't, you know, he slams it. And um, so, but people will respect your time because they know exactly where you're coming from. So they know what to expect too. It's pretty cool. I mean, you're like, okay, I don't want to get the the straight skinny from him or the the truth or really how he feels. And that's, that's cool. So you also offer a lot of tips for adjusting or getting comfortable saying no in your article. So again, anyone interested can check out the link for more fantastic content on that. Yeah. And you know, I also shared some tips for taking back your time back in episode 18. So folks can also re-listen to that episode as well. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think, I think your segment was called taking back your time. So yeah, that's another great resource. So I guess I want to kind of wrap this up. So the next time somebody replies busy, busy, when you say, Hey, how's it going? Uh, you know, consider whether they're building their ego or just building a wall. They may be building mm-hmm. a wall to protect themselves. And if you hear me saying it, be sure to give me a gentle nudge or better yet, a swift kick in the fourth <laughs> point of contact, right? And remind me that what I should be busy doing is sticking to my priorities. That's good. Good advice. And you know what? I think that using the five whys, and even if it's three or six or seven, yep. whatever the case may be, I do think that... A lot of our clients are are pretty busy, but it is like you were saying, um, mostly self inflicted. Yeah. And even though you may get inundated with tasks at work from your boss or you know supervisors or whatnot, that you can there are skills to try to um, not manipulate, but just really try to refocus priorities for yourself right. and and for the company and for your boss or whatever. Um, and that's a skill. You got to yeah. learn that too, because it's so easy to say, you know, yes to everything. I mean, you know, even in the military, we used to say, "I don't want a yes man. I want right. someone to tell me what needs to get done. You know, what's going to help us get the mission accomplished. I don't need all the fluff. Right. I don't like the fluff. I just want really the honest truth. Right. And, you know, what, what it's going to take to get the job done. So I think that's. I think that you know there are some folks. Whether you're skeptical or not, <laughs> when people say they're busy, some people genuinely are busy, oh, but it, self-inflicted, I think. I yeah. think a lot of times that you, it is. You've talked about it um, quite a bit as far as, you know, if you have a family and you have three kids or two kids and you sign up Sally for gymnastics, Johnny for soccer, Joey for Little League, and Jamie for karate, they all have, you know, 
they all have certain obligations and meetings mm-hmm. and you're paying big money for them to do that. And so now you have two parents going in different directions, taking all these kids all over the place. And there may have to be a way to determine, okay, well, this is the season for this and we're going to commit the two kids during this right. season and two kids during the spring season and, you know, and so forth. It's a matter of planning out the time. Yeah. So. I think I really like your topic today because I know that I am guilty of this too, sometimes overcommitting. Um, I'm really good about saying no to things, but there's times where I just overcommit or I will procrastinate or I feel to prioritize what I, th- it really needs to get done. I get stuff done. Don't get me wrong. Right. I like checking stuff off my list, there but, <laughs> but sometimes I cause myself and even my spouse some undue stress. So well, that's, that happens. It happens. I'm sure, you know, I reciprocate. <laughs> All right. Enough about, enough about that. I'm feeling way too busy. So let's move on to your topic. Speaking of busy. Okay. Yeah. It's about to get busy because it's back to school time. Hey, right? Yep. And I just realized this because for, you know, like Dan said, or we said at the beginning of the podcast here is that we've been essentially out of our home or out of town for the past month. And although it was great, it hit me like a ton of bricks, like, <laughs> oh my goodness, it's back to school, you know? Yeah. And I need to start thinking about this. And I bet a bunch of other folks out there are thinking about it too. So I thought it'd just be fitting that I talk about how to make that transition from, you know, relaxing in the summer to to getting back into the groove of staying busy and being on a schedule, yeah. you know, that whole back to school routine, um, a little simpler for you. Right. So some folks are just, they're just coming into the school season, but like even on our vacation, we had to send our son home early because he started band. That's right. right. So yeah. Some people are already in the thick of it. So yeah, cause it get crazy here in Texas. I mean, a month ahead of time they're, they're practicing. I remember when I was in high school, it was maybe a week or two before school started and we had like volleyball practice and all that stuff, you know, tryouts, yada, yada, Yeah. not a month and not like twice a day. No. <laughs> crazy. I know during my trumpet career. <laughs> <laughs> My three months, my three months trumpet. I forget career. you said you played the trumpet. I just can't picture yeah. it. Well, my parents encouraged me not to carry that further. <laughs> so make him stop. Yeah, yeah, it's all good. Somebody bend that thing, break it. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so I've got a few tips for you, and as usual, in no particular order, I'm just going to offer some random tips out there that you might find helpful. And um, so let's go with it. Right? Okay, let's do it. Okay. So the, so one thing you can do is sort through last year's clothes to determine what new clothing items your children will need. Of course, if you set a routine or make a habit of when you buy something new, you can get rid of something old and those kind of things. It'll make that a little bit easier. But if you haven't done that and haven't gotten to the habit of, you know, organizing clothes or editing your clothes, look at your kids' clothing items and just edit out the stuff that they don't need anymore, and then make a list of what they do need, okay? Because that'll make it a lot easier when you go shopping, yeah. and you're going to stick to the list. That's right, and don't forget to put those edited stuff in your edit and forget it. Oh, um, yeah, spreadsheets spreadsheet. or whatever, checklist. That's right. You okay, keep track of that. Heck yeah. Okay, another thing you can do is take inventory of the school supplies that you already have on hand at home, and then make a list and stick to it, okay? <laughs> <laughs> because I tell you what, you go to these stores, and... They'll have every gadget, cool thing out there for you, for your kids. And then you're going to feel like, oh, and you're going to be tempted to buy it. But they do that on purpose, okay? So right. just be careful. But it's just always easier if you know exactly what you need. Just shop from home first. Write down what you need, and it's going to make it a lot easier. Yeah. And then we go to the dollar store. That, so, oh, yeah. You know, that's right. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know if they have a dollar store where you're from. It might be the pound store or the DNR store. And uh, everything's a DNR. <laughs> But, you know, whatever it is, I don't know. But uh, I'm sure they got some kind of discount store like that. Okay, another thing you can do is be on the lookout for mailers for back-to-school sales. 
and um, and then schedule a day to go shop during off-peak hours, not not during the busy times, okay? Because right. I'm telling you, you're going to go crazy, you know, trying to battle all the parents out there. What are you laughing at? <laughs> Everything's a dinar. <laughs> you're still la- you're still laughing over there. You got my funny bone out there. I'm trying to finish my segment here, and he's all <laughs> joking away. <No. laughs> I cracked myself up. <laughs> Okay, on to the next tip. <laughs> He's still laughing. This is going to be good. <laughs> I'm obviously dehydrated. All right, get your bearing in check. <laughs> All, right. All right. Okay, um, another good idea is to attend the parent, student, and teacher conferences, um, or one if they have it, or orientation. It's a great opportunity for you to orient your child um, to their school, the classroom, and to meet the teacher, plus you'll learn what the rules are, you know, what the expectations are for your child. So, so you won't be surprised, and then the kids won't be surprised either. So, if you can't make the conference, then you know, try coordinating with the school to see if you can have a separate meeting to at least get a quick orientation of the the school and maybe meet the teacher. So, yeah, I think this is for younger kids though. If my parents did that when I was like in high school, I'd have been like so embarrassed. <laughs> Yeah. Totally cool. I'm laughing now. I'm laughing at myself yeah. because yeah, that's I'm yeah. totally into. I've got a almost you know soon yeah, to be six year old. Yeah. You know, yeah. if, <laughs> so. I, if I'm 16 and they're handing in my glue for me, there's a problem. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, good point. Yep. Good, 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 good point. <laughs> and you know what though? But as a kid too, I guess it's all from my perspective too. And and uh, I mean, I moved around so much as a kid that. You know, every two years we're going to a new school, so we had to get oriented and <laughs> meet yeah. the you know the new teachers and all that good stuff. So I apologize. Not so so good. probably not necessary for your teenagers. <laughs> okay, another good idea is to coordinate carpooling with other neighborhood parents or friends. Um, I know a lot of folks um, here that do that, especially if they have kids that go to like private schools that are across town. They try to uh, meet up together and have carpooling services. So you may want to coordinate that. And a way to track that too, a good idea is you may want to create like a Google calendar or some type of a shared calendar. And I'll talk more on that in just a minute. Okay, something you may want to think about is setting up after-school care and plans for sick days, snow days, and holidays if you're working. Um, you know, it's it, this can be pretty critical if, you know, you got both parents working and it's hard for you to get out of, out of work to go take care of your kids or whatnot. And if, especially if they have um, if they get out of school before you get out of work, right? So, so you want to make sure that you have that kind of lined up. Um, you know, I know that our school offers for our little one after school care for a couple of hours. You know, for a reasonable amount of money. You know, um, I know that our son, his grandmother used to pick him up, and he would hang out at grandma's house for a couple of hours right. before mom or you would yeah, pick we, him up. We always so, put a couple of people on that emergency pickup yep. list and. Yeah, just so you want to think about that and at least have that kind of planned out. And make sure that if you have people on that emergency list that they know that they're on it. <laughs> okay? <laughs> because if they get a call, you don't want to catch them off guard, of course. Right, so exactly. give them a heads up, all right? <laughs> okay. You also want to visit the pediatrician to ensure vaccinations and physicals are completed and up to date. Um, this can be pretty important because if they don't have their medical requirements up to date, then it's probably going to prevent them from en- one, enrolling in school and participating in other activities. So yeah, sure will. You want to make sure that that's uh, up to snuff. Yeah, and, they, and immunizations and stuff, man, they're serious about that around here. If you oh, yeah. have certain shots, you are not getting in. That is it. And here's something that I recommend to my clients is, is to create a mini command center to keep track of calendars, schedules, and other to-do things for the kids and family. You know, use a bulletin board, digital files, or even an action file, which I talk about back in episode 24. And what you can do is you can post or store things like school lunch menus, holiday schedules, sports schedules, important phone numbers. 
school policies or handbooks, copies of shot records and physicals because you always seem to need them. Yeah, no kidding. And a family calendar of events. You know, I prefer everything digitally, um, like on Google Calendar or in Google Docs and, and using Evernote. But for your children, you may want to get them more involved. It's It may be a better idea to have a visual or physical board so they can see and learn how to use a calendar and retrieve important information on their own. Yeah, that's a good call. Yeah, and then they can see what else is going on in the family. So, And it's going to build a better understanding of how busy the family is. Oh, not busy because they're in control that's of their right. schedule, right? That's right. <laughs> but it has, you know... When when they want to do something and they can't, then they can see why. Because, well, we've got other obligations right. for this night or whatever. So it's just a good idea. Get the kids involved. Okay, another thing I like to recommend is to establish a morning and nighttime routine for your children. You know, you want to determine wake up and going to bedtimes, who will prepare lunch bags and when, when to shower or bathe, and, and when to complete your chores. You also want to determine when and how long your children will do their homework, read, and play. And, and be sure to explain these rules and routines to your children ahead of time. Give them a heads up. Okay, this is what the plan's going to be. We're getting ready for back to school. It's a good idea to kind of discuss and even get their buy-in, too, of what works best for them. Right. You know, I know our son, he, when he comes home from school, he needs to unwind. Even if it's just for 30 minutes, maybe an hour, and then he can jump into doing his homework. Yeah, he needs um, Some kids, it's just better to get the, get the stuff done now or right away. Start doing your homework now. And then they can have the rest of the time to play and relax. So whatever works best for your children. It may be different for each one of your children, but... Yeah, I was like, I need a chill time when I got home. I was just kind of exhausted from the day. Yeah, and I was the opposite. I wanted to get that homework done so then I can watch my teen flicks or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Plan out my outfits for the next day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, that didn't take a lot of time for me. Yeah, nice, lovely. <laughs> okay, now before school starts, find out about your kid's school lunch program call or go online. You can find out um, the types of meals that they have, how much they cost, and how to pay for them. Now, I personally have done payments by cash, check, and online. And let me tell you, online is totally the way to go. (laughs) Um, Most online programs not only show you your balance, but they can also let you set reminders of when your account is low. For example, if ours gets below $50, it gives me a reminder that I know to, and I've already given them permission to go ahead and and add, yeah, draft 50 50 bucks more. So, it's really great. I, I really like how some of these programs work. And some of them can even allow you to monitor what your kids eat and even let you establish off-limit foods for your kids. Oh, how man, cool. that's, that's some, man, I'm glad they didn't have that stuff when I was a kid. <laughs> no Coke for you. Yeah. Well, they didn't have that in my school, but I mean, but they had these peanut butter cookies that were like crack. Oh, right? yeah. And I would do almost anything to get 25 cents to pay for a peanut butter cookie. Yeah. You know, my 30th reunion is this weekend. Of course, I'm not going. But uh, but the people that I went to school would tell you, I was like this, you know, I had a sign. I will work for, work peanut, for peanut butter yeah, Exactly. <laughs> I was crazy over those peanut butter cookies. That's crazy. <laughs> okay. You can also get a copy of the school menu and make a habit of checking it at least weekly or every night. Um, that way, if there's a meal that your kid doesn't like, you can be prepared to pack a lunch. So... Um, I know that, remember we used to have this for um, our son? We used to yep. have a, in our pantry, we'd have a spot just That's for his right. lunch menus. And it was like. On certain days, he was not. He's like, there's no way. He didn't like the pizza. How yeah. crazy. What? I know. I used to love our school of pizzas. Yeah. And now I probably wouldn't because they're all soft and doughy and just yeah. gluten, gluten, gluten. <laughs> 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 but I used to look forward to pizza day. We used to get pizza and then a bunch of sweet corn. What the heck? What? <laughs> I know. It was weird. 
pizza and corn and milk. Well, that was big in Japan. When I was in Japan, corn pizza was a big... Oh, they put corn on, on, the, pizza. on the pizza. Yeah, no, yeah. no. Ours wasn't on the pizza. Yeah. It was on the side. It was just... Yeah. <laughs> I looked at that first time I saw it, and I was like, you ain't going to see that in Buffalo. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Although, when you drive around Buffalo, it's all corn... Cornfields corn everywhere. Fields. Across and, the Midwest. Yeah. It's amazing how Cornfields and pizza parlors. It's like a, mar- a marriage made in heaven. You know? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> But not for this kid. In Korea, they had kimchi on the pizza. See, sometimes a, like a, a, an egg. They would cook an egg on top. They oh, crack that's an just, egg. That's just wrong. <laughs> kimchi and egg. Yeah. <laughs> nice to eat an egg on the burger. Yeah, that, that was good. Yeah, that was good stuff. What's they used to call Mr. B? How was the name? Mr. Woo Burgers? We called them Coon Burgers because that was Coon San. Coon San? Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, well, you know. It's anyway, all good. Obviously, we're digressing here. Yeah. <laughs> so we're, now that we're back from the Orient... <laughs> <laughs> maybe we're too relaxed from vacation i think think we are sorry guys but... all right so you're talking about the school menu and if there's something on there your kid doesn't yeah, yeah, like and somehow yeah. that digressed into us being in korea <laughs> so <laughs> so that leads me into the next tip which is you know we're talking about setting up online payments but if you're paying by cash or check make sure that you have an established routine for that and whether it's weekly bi-weekly or monthly uh, make sure that you set up a reminder for yourself. Sometimes the schools will remind you or the kid and they'll let you know, but just kind of make sure that you have some kind of routine to remind yourself. And then when you do send your child with the cash or the check, make sure that you put it in the same spot every time they know where to get it and retrieve it. Oh, I mean, yeah. that's just, let me tell you, you just, if you leave it up to the kid to put it somewhere, sorry, kids are good, but sometimes they'll yeah. just, it ends up getting lost yeah. or you're going to end up with a beanstalk. <laughs> Right, <laughs> and that would happen to Jack and the seeds go by the seeds. It's been now, a while, but well, you know what? So, so I saw this thing online too. And if you're paying by cash, like on a daily basis, um, you know, I was talking about setting up the routine. But a cool way to help your kids keep track of their money is to store like the cash or the check in a cute little wallet <laughs> or other creative container like a wrist wallet or a zippered armband. So that just kind of it's cool, but you know, it's in the same spot. It's consistent, and right. uh, yeah might work out for you. So check that out. We actually will have links to that, I think, in the show notes. Yep. Because um, I wrote about this in one of my blog posts on uh, Get Simplified. Yeah. And you actually had a few people that in, had inquired about, I think, the, the zippered armband or the yeah. or the wrist, wrist wallet or something like that. I forget. They could even, like, if um, use, like, a 35-millimeter film canister if they, like, go to an antique shop, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I did write about that because yeah. sometimes they just pay with coins, you know? Yeah. But I don't know. Lunches these days are probably five bucks. Oh, I, don't I know. know. <laughs> I know. It was where, 50 cents where would you find a, a film canister these days? I, have I know, no idea. right? <laughs> so. Okay. Now, if you're going to pack lunches, um, the key to this is planning them out. And so here's some tips on planning your lunches or packing lunch, school lunches for your kids. I recommend just planning one week at a time um, just to keep things simple and to lessen the chance of food spoiling or not getting eaten. So just decide on what meals you want for the week and then create a grocery list and go shopping with that. Um, also, you'll want to shop once or twice a week and put that on your calendar. This is kind of for anybody. To make life easy, set up shopping days for yourself because then that way you're pretty much going to guarantee that you're going to get it done. If you set a calendar appointment to do shopping, you have a greater chance of actually accomplishing it instead of just doing shopping on a whim. Because a lot of times you're going to be bumping other things, you're going to be stressed out. So just set an appointment with yourself. I also recommend making lunches the night before. I just don't think it's a good idea to, to save it for the morning because you probably have way too much to worry about, like dragging those sleepy-eyed kids I out agree. of bed. Yep. <laughs> 
getting them fed, brushing their teeth, and gathering their backpacks, and just trying to get out the door on time. It's so. already. I mean, even though you do this, it's still. You know, especially with the with our little one. Mm-hmm. You know, at least at least our son has a sense of time now, yeah, and now. he's and he's he's on autopilot. He gets himself up and all that stuff. But sunshine, my gosh, it it it's if, like if she sleeps in fifteen minutes, then she wants fifteen minutes of you know watching shows or something on TV. Yeah. You know, it's so yeah, it's kind of let's go. Let's what did go. I say? It's like dancing with Mercury with that little girl. <laughs> she is just all over. Remember, <laughs> I put that on Facebook. I think it was Facebook. But, uh, I mean, she's just all over. Yeah. Another thing that you can do when it comes to the school lunches is to get your kids involved. Let them have a say what they want to eat for lunch. Of course, you can still establish guidelines on what types of food you'll allow in their lunches, but giving them ownership in the process will encourage them not only to eat healthy, but teach them responsibility as well. Let's make this a learning experience. Oh, yeah. They'll be be picking that broccoli. (laughs) Another thing I like to do is to set up a lunch-making station. So no matter if you or your kids are making the lunches, you want to make it as easy as possible. So try having one area in your kitchen that has all the lunch containers, drink bottles, utensils, lunch boxes, baggies, all that kind of stuff in one location. You can even dedicate one bit in the refrigerator and pantry specifically for lunch items and snacks. I know that we do that with... In our refrigerator, right. we had the low yep. bin for all the snacks and then, of course, in the pantry, too. So yeah. it's going to be really helpful for you. So you may want to try those out. And then uh, the last tip when it comes to packing lunches is I always recommend just packing snack size items. I know that it may cost more. If you if you, if you you devote the time to pack those in advance, like all your, your carrots and celery sticks and crackers, and you, you have those all sorted out before the week. But if you don't have time for that, then just get snack size things like cheese sticks, pudding, crackers, chips in a bag, you know, all those individual sizes. It's just going to make it a lot easier when you go to uh, make those lunches. Yeah, they definitely are pricier, but it's probably going to save you some headache. Okay, so that's lunch prep. Um, I know I shared a few tips on that, but let's move on to a couple other tips here for okay. how to make back to school easy. You may want to establish rules for doing homework. Um, using the computer and watching television. I kind of talked about that a little bit earlier. And simply explain to your children what takes priority. For us, it's homework. <laughs> and and what's important, learning and doing well in school. I mean, it sounds silly. And again, I'm talking kind of grade level, but sometimes we have to remind our son of that too. Oh, yeah. like sometimes <laughs> I need to be reminded. <laughs> you know, and just let them know that all the other stuff is fine, but it's, it's a treat. And so, you know, I'm not going to give any parenting advice here, but I am going to suggest that you do establish some form of rules and routines and Because in general, children like routines because they're predictable and they give them a sense of control and responsibility. So you may want to create a homework station and you can make that a lot more comfortable by creating a space with a clear work surface um, and stocking it with supplies like paper, writing, utensils, um, markers, glue, tape, staplers, and, and maybe a place for a computer or laptop and printer. A lot of folks have stuff that's kind of located in the kitchen um, because usually that's the hub of the house, and a lot of times kids like to be near the parents while they're working and right. ask questions, and they can kind of multitask. There's also a table there, yeah, typically. So usually, you know, yeah. or they'll have like a little desk space in the kitchen yeah. or whatnot. Um, I've even seen folks create, um, or I've helped folks create little homework carts. So they have like a little rolling cart that has all their supplies in there. So if especially if there's spaces tight or you have a multi-purpose space like the dining room and also the homework table, um, you may not want that cart in there so just you know you can be flexible right. and come up with other alternatives well, so. i think those routines and those those specific locations for things to do another thing when it comes to training we talk about law of primacy law of recency law of repetition mm-hmm. all those other laws of learning well if you have a set area where things are supposed to be 
and as a child is younger, you're helping them with tasks and then you're putting them away. But iteratively, they see, okay, now it's your turn. You, now you know where everything goes. They're a year older. Now mm-hmm. you make you go, you put it back. Yeah. And, and first get it all back into that one major area and then put it all exactly where it goes. Mm-hmm. So, and it's the same thing with routines. Okay, so what's the next step? What do we do, um, you know, if your kid has a, a, a before bedtime snack, yeah. all right, well, at what point does that come in the bedtime routine? Well, obviously it's before they brush their teeth. Right. And those are things that they'll, they'll need to figure out. So having these routines gives you them an iterative process where they get increased responsibilities as they grow. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm always all about teaching moments, teachable moments, or just making sure that your kids are learning how to become independent and learning skills. And so, and that can start so young and, and carry on and never stops really. (laughs) We're still, still working on our boy. (laughs) He's pretty good. Like you said, he's on autopilot, but yeah, yeah. Good point. Okay. I've got three more tips and we're going to roll through those. I think it's a good idea for you to get the kids in the habit of waking up and going to bed early about at least one week, but probably about two weeks before school starts. And let me tell you, we're working on that now with Sunshine because after being on vacation, she is wanting to stay up late and sleep in. And we had her going to school today and, um, you know, for like summer school. And boy, it's tough because we're, you know, not leaving ourselves a lot of time to get her out the door. So, (laughs) so, but that's okay because they have a couple more weeks. And so it's just a good idea. And here's a tip for you too. Do a dry run in the morning and night to determine how long it will take you to get the kids ready and out the door in the morning and into bed at night. I mean, seriously, it sounds crazy. And we're going to do a dry run with our daughter. Um, like like Dan said, our boy's on autopilot, but our little girl, she's getting ready to go to kindergarten. So it may sound like overkill, but boy, will you be thankful? <laughs> so, and, you know, Dan and I are planning on doing something new um, with our daughter, and that's we're going to be riding our bikes to school and picking her up. And so... That's going to obviously be a little bit more time. It's a new routine. you got to know where to park the bikes and all that good stuff. So don't catch yourself off guard. Don't catch your kids off guard. Go ahead and get them prepped as well as yourself. And like I said, it's always it's a good idea to do a dry run. And before you know it, we'll get those training wheels off of that bike. And then uh, probably won't be too long after that that we'll have Sunshine's training wheels off too. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Okay. Now always think safety, safety, safety. If your children walk to school, ride their bikes or ride the bus, it's imperative that you keep their safety in mind. Pick the most direct route to school and avoid any shady areas. Shortcuts usually aren't the best way. (laughs) I highly recommend that you ride or walk the route like I was saying earlier and make sure they understand that this is the only acceptable route home. Um, And make sure your children know the rules of the road as pedestrians or bicyclists. Cross the streets only at crosswalks. Always look both ways, and all that, all that cool, easy safety stuff that's second nature to us. But you got to make sure that you kind of ingrain that in your kids, and be sure that your children memorize important phone and cell phone numbers and review personal self protection measures with them for dealing with strangers. And I know we constantly quiz our little girl about this, and even our son. And and I know we also have her recite our phone numbers, including the area code. I can't tell you how many folks teach their kids the phone number, but they don't know what the area code is. So just another tip for you and added tip for you. Okay. And the last item is talk with your children about school and get them pumped up. (laughs) This is the perfect time. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. It'll be like, you know, like at work all day. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, it's a perfect time now if your kids are getting ready to start school um, sorry if your kids are already in school. <laughs> you can still pump them up. That's right. Keep them motivated. <laughs> um, you know, but try to determine if they have any fears or any anxieties or worries. 
and help them with the transition by first listening to them, you know, and, and if there's anything that they're worried about, and then offer some suggestions to minimize their fears and help them along. Yeah, and you can pump them up about all the new friends they're going to meet and all the exciting stuff. They're, they're going to make stuff with paste. Come on, it's, it's going to be awesome. Yeah, woohoo. <laughs> yeah, and all the cool field trips that they're going to go on yeah. and stuff like that. Get yeah, to go so. milk a cow or, <laughs> you know, something like that. That's what we did. Yeah. So so those are a few tips for you. Hopefully you found some of them useful or that uh, they might be helpful for you to help make your transition to back to school a little bit smoother and a little bit more simplified. Sounds so, good. All right. Sounds good. So, hey, moving on, you know, you can always send us questions or comments and uh, you can reach me at dan at simplelifetogether.com or at Daniel Hayes on Twitter. Or Vanessa at simplelifetogether.com and at Get Simplified on Twitter. All right. So moving on, let's go to the thing segment. All right. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rock it first this time. All okay. Right? I'm go rock for the it. thing segment. All right. So this one's going to sound kind of silly coming from a tech guy. But my thing for this week is finally tapping into the power of the personal hotspot function on our iPhones. Ooh, that was cool. <laughs> this has been a long time coming. But, you know, we had that, uh, we've had iPhones for quite a long time. And we were under that grandfathered unlimited data plan on AT&T, mm-hmm. which really isn't unlimited. You go over a certain amount, they throttle you anyway. And they even told me that. Oh. I'm just saying. <laughs> just I'm saying. Just saying. Keep a secret. Don't be telling a lot of people. All right? <laughs> but we, we did have to switch from the unlimited data plan on AT&T um, to get the to be able to use our personal hotspot, but the good news is the new plan is even cheaper, and um, you know some things are just a pain to work on in iOS, especially doing anything that has to do with a podcast or or with a with a <laughs> website. Yeah. yeah. Oh. So you know this way we can at least uh, pop open the laptop and mm-hmm. and still no matter where we are on the road. Of course, we figured this out the last day of the vacation because yeah. we weren't really we weren't really web focused on that we were doing some other work on the vacation but wasn't necessarily web focused so my thing is finally getting that hotspot set up and hopefully be more productive with that well that was pretty cool all right so my thing is officially becoming a certified professional organizer it's official yes i took an exam at the end of june but uh, i got the official notification and uh waiting in the mailbox when we came home right that was so nice and uh now I am one of around 380 around the world with this designation. That's so, awesome. So what's the big deal? Well, I guess for me, um, you know, I knew the second that I became a, a professional organizer that I wanted to be a CPO right away. I just knew this is what yep. I was meant to do. And I was like, and I'm a little bit like, I just wanted to kind of show that I am dedicated to this yeah. and all that. So I was really like excited to do it. And basically you have to accumulate 1,500 hours of client work. Um, mostly paid within a three-year period, and I did it in about two and a half like years. You, you, the business kind of really took off, and yeah, and you were been very, very busy with that. That's awesome. Busy in a good way. Busy in a good way. <laughs> in a good way. Right. So how you doing? Busy, <laughs> busy, busy, busy. busy. Yeah. <laughs> but the other thing that you have to do is you have to take the exam, which you guys know, um, and abide by the BCPO, which is the Board of Certification for Professional Organizers. You have to abide by their code of ethics, which is different than NAPOs, which is the National Association of Professional Organizers um, here in the United States. They have a code of ethics, but but BCPO is that it's actually enforceable. You can lose your designation if you're not abiding by it, and um, you're not going to be thrown in jail or get fined or anything like yeah, that. It's just that you can use your CPO designation. Yeah, but it's like healthcare professionals and attorneys yeah. and all that. They take that uh, 
you know, the, the confidentiality very, very seriously. Very seriously. The interests of the client, all that. Absolutely. Yep. And that's the key is that it's really that you need to be operating in the best interest of the client, not yourself. And yeah. so things like conflict of interest, all that, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. Boring you guys. I'm excited. But, well, you, but you also have to... Uh, do continuing education that's right. and all that additional classes and all that stuff so yeah it could you know and it's just just to show the the level of i don't know it's not a level of dedication that's wrong because there's plenty of organizers that don't have the that aren't certified but you are required to keep up on trends and to get education you know that like you said the continuing education credits right. and things like that so it's just ensuring that you are not a hobbyist that you, this right. is your profession, um, that you take it seriously. And that again, you're buying by the, right. that code of ethics. Well, you know, you said all along, it doesn't, it, you're not, your goal was not to, it's not that you're better than anybody else in it, but it was a personal professional goal yes. that you, that you challenged yourself to do and you did it. Yep. And that's awesome. Thank you. And that's a lot. I of feel pretty work. good. It was really cool. I posted a picture on my, good for you. Simplified yes, page. you did. <laughs> and you look good doing it. Oh, thanks. So. You're too nice. All right. Okay, we're going to wrap it up here, folks. That is it for episode 36 of Simple Life Together. Give the five whys a shot if you find yourself getting too busy. Yeah, and don't forget that if you have little ones heading back to school, now is a great time to implement some new routines or rituals to prevent chaos from creeping into your life. And my thing was finally tapping into that mobile hotspot on our iPhones. And Vanessa's thing was getting notification that she is now a certified professional organizer. It's official. Raise the roof. All right. <laughs> now, as usual, you can find all the links and info from today's show at simplelifetogether.com slash 036. And head on over to simplelifetogether.com where you can sign up for the Edit and Forget It Challenge over in the left column of the site or check out the Google Drive tutorial or use the free side gig website guide if you're interested in starting a lifestyle business to support your simple life. Very cool. So let us know what you think of the show and how you're simplifying your life too. We'd love to hear from you. So until next time, we hope you enjoy your... Simple Life Together. 